No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see how the hatred that Jacob's sons had for their younger brother escalated to the point that they sold him as a slave. Yet God was still working out his plan in all of their lives. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 37 on Simply the Bible. Favoritism in any family causes problems. This was certainly true in Israel's household. The preference he had shown toward Joseph, Rachel's son, had kindled a seething hatred in the hearts of Israel's other sons against their younger brother. But neither Israel nor Joseph seemed to be aware of how bad things really were. We pick it up in Genesis 37, 12. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. Then he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. From the place Israel was living in Hebron to Shechem was about 50 miles. His sons were a long way from home grazing the flocks. It was Shechem where Simeon and Levi had killed all the men of the city when the prince there violated their sister Dinah. Back then, Israel feared reprisal from the inhabitants of the land, and perhaps he fears for the welfare of his sons now. Whatever the reason, Israel calls for his son Joseph to check in on his brothers. It is a dangerous journey for a 17-year-old to go alone. But Joseph's response is, here I am. We see here another parallel between Joseph and Jesus. For the father sent his beloved son into this hostile world for the sake of his brethren. Speaking of Jesus coming into the world, Hebrews 10.7 says, Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Joseph said, Here I am. Jesus said, I have come to do your will. Both were willing to obey their father, risk the danger, and go into the world for the sake of their brethren. Verse 15. Now a certain man found him, and there he was, wandering in the field, and the man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? So he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, They have departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Joseph is wandering in the field of Shechem, probably trying to track where his brothers went with the flocks. The man who meets him just happened to overhear that they were going to Dothan. Coincidence? Hardly. Every detail of this story is orchestrated by God, yet it doesn't make it any less emotional from the human perspective. We travel to our Shechem's and Dothan's, not knowing what awaits us beyond the next bend. As children of God, we are aware of His invisible hand, yet that doesn't stop us from experiencing the emotions of fear, surprise, anger, Worry, sorrow, hope, and joy. 
God carries us like we carry our little children when they are hurt, upset, or happy. His everlasting arms hold us through all of life's changes and uncertainties and all our moods. His love is constant, even when things turn bad. Verse 18, Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore let us now kill him and cast him into some pit, and we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. Joseph travels another 15 miles to Dothan. When his ten brothers see him from a distance, they conspire to kill him. Premeditated fratricide. How like the plots of the religious leaders against our Savior. 65 miles from home, the delusional dreamer is coming to them. They may never get another opportunity like this. We don't know who the ringleader is, possibly Simeon, for he took the lead in killing the men of Shechem. And two decades from now, when they go to Egypt to get grain and meet Joseph, yet not recognizing him, Joseph keeps Simeon in prison and sends the rest home. But regardless of who starts it, no one dissents by rebuking the others for their wickedness. They are in one accord, a conspiracy to murder their brother. They have even concocted a story to blame it on a wild beast. Verse 21, But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. At last, Reuben intervenes to protect Joseph. As the firstborn, he feels responsible before his father for the others. He already deeply offended Israel in the affair with Bilhah. The last thing he needs is the blood of Joseph on his hands. But Reuben stops short of rebuking them for plotting murder. Instead, he suggests that they cast him into one of the cisterns that were dug to collect water. But his intention is to deliver him later. This action speaks well of Reuben, for as the eldest, he has the most to lose if Israel bestows the honor of the firstborn upon Joseph. Verse 23, So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, there was no water in it. The tunic. That colorful, ornate, long-sleeved, whatever it was, garment that epitomized the favoritism their father showed toward Joseph. They strip it off of him, much like the Romans would strip Jesus' clothes off him and then cast lots for his tunic. They cast Joseph into a dry cistern. Then they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? 
come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother in our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. The brothers cold-heartedly sit down and eat a meal. We know that Joseph was crying out to them. Twenty years later, as they stand before Joseph, not recognizing him, and he deals roughly with them, they say among themselves, We are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore this distress has come upon us. Time would not eradicate their guilt. Then they look up and see a company of Ishmaelites and Midianites traveling together in a caravan to Egypt. Talk about timing. Judah suggests that they sell Joseph rather than kill him to avoid having blood on their hands. Was his motive to save his brother from death or to make a few shekels on the side? We're not told. But later in the story, it is Judah who offers himself as surety for Benjamin. And by the end of Israel's life, it will be Judah who receives the blessing of the Messiah. The other brothers agree, so they lift Joseph out of the pit and sell him for 20 shekels of silver. Does this remind you of another betrayal? They are quite sure that they will never see Joseph again. But God orchestrated the traitors arriving at this precise moment, as Joseph would later tell his brothers, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. God designed a plan to send Joseph ahead to save the nation of Israel. And he was using all these circumstances to bring it about. Verse 29. Then Reuben returned to the pit, and indeed Joseph was not in the pit. And he tore his clothes, and he returned to his brothers and said, The lad is no more, and I, where shall I go? Clearly, Reuben was deeply and genuinely heartbroken by this. As the one responsible, he could not bear to see the anguish on his father's face when they told him that Joseph would never return. Undoubtedly, the brothers told Reuben what they had done. Verse 31. So they took Joseph's tunic killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? They killed a kid of the goats and used it to deceive their father. Over 30 years earlier, Jacob had used a kid of the goats to deceive his father. Galatians 6-7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. God sees all, and he rewards us according to what we do. What we sow is what we will reap. With him there is no favoritism. Verse 33. And Jacob recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. 
Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Jacob would spend the next 20 years mourning and thinking that Joseph was dead. Little did he know what God was preparing for him. In the world of human sin, sorrow, and sham, God's sovereign grace works quietly in the background, weaving the tapestry of our lives. We may not be able to make sense of the threads, but he makes all things beautiful in his time. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2.9, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 36, Now the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. Next week, we will see that even as Joseph's brothers rejected him, the Lord never left him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, just go to the website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. Next week, we take a detour from Joseph's story to focus on Judah and the birth of his twin sons, one of whom would be the ancestor of Jesus Christ. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Genesis on Simply the Bible. 